Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta's precedent-setting injury lawyers. New Jersey and Carolina overtime looming. It's 2-2 with 36 seconds left. Carolina leads the series 3-1. Seattle and Dallas coming up a little bit later on. Oilers at Vegas tomorrow. 6 o'clock face-off show game at 8 here on 6.30. Jed Darnell Nurse suspended for the instigator penalty. Alex Petrangelo. It was announced just as this show started that he is suspended one game for the slash on Dreisaitl. Most of the discussion tonight has been about that and uh well my, i would say pretty much all of you don't don't like it but that's uh that's how it goes with the department of player safety the uh, nfl schedule is out thursday september 7th first game chiefs home to the lions they're uh, going to have flexible scheduling procedures in place for Monday night football as well uh, later in the season. They've had the flex for, for Sunday night games for quite a while now, but they're going to be able to flex uh, Monday nighters later on in the year too. Well, I want to talk about the Edmonton Oil Kings. Uh, the prospects draft today in the WHL. Andrew Peard calls the games for the Oil Kings. Andrew, how are you doing? Doing well, Reed. How are you? Uh, well, I'm doing well. Thanks for checking in. A uh, lot of the suspension talk. How do they do the suspensions in the dub? Is like, is there a specific player safety department, or how do they do it? I got to be careful with what I say here because I think we were one of the most suspended teams over the last couple <laughs> of years. So, uh, no, you know, it's it's very much the the, the same way that the NHL does. They have. Uh, um, a player safety sort of department, a justice department, if you want to call it that. And, you know, everything that happens in a game is reported by the referees and then it goes back for video review should it uh, need that. And then uh, obviously a lot of things get taken into account before handing out any supplementary discipline in the Western Hockey League. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's fairly similar and uh, at times as frustrating. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> we'll, we'll leave it there. I don't want to get you in trouble. Uh <laughs> interesting for the oil kings because they made a lot of trades the the previous two years um so where did they wind up picking in the first round and i i gotta hear more about the young man they wound up picking yeah no it's a bit of a a different situation from what was last year i think we we're sitting around till about the fourth round before making a pick but uh, obviously kurt did a great job this year of of finding a way to acquire more assets and uh you know they ended up with the 12th overall pick courtesy of the Regina Pats via the Kamloops Blazers. Bit of a trade tree there, but uh, eventually Edmonton does get a first-rounder, and uh, they do something that the, the Edmonton Oilers failed to ever do, and that's bring Aginla to Edmonton. Okay, you got uh, Joe Aginla, of course, the son of uh, NHL Hall of Famer, uh, former Calgary Flames captain uh, Jerome Aginla. So it's it's an exciting pick, and it's, it's an exciting day for the organization. Obviously, the bloodlines are there, but uh, uh, as far as Joe goes on his own, he has proven to be uh, quite the prospect, and, and the Oil Kings are certainly excited to have him now in the fold okay uh so he's he's a winger just like his uh his dad and he's been playing in bc that's correct yeah out in bc at uh Kelowna at the uh, rink hockey academy there i think jerome actually coached him this year so um you know he's he, you know i think if you're an oil kings fan you're hoping that the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree because uh, we saw uh, enough of what his father was able to do and if joe can uh, come uh, somewhere close to that i think uh, it's going to be a real good pick for for the edmonton oil kings okay well that's uh that's cool i, I know they want to take in nine guys I, I won't make you go through uh everybody <laughs> is is but was there anybody with uh you know, an interesting bloodline or a cool backstory or just someone you think that uh, might be worth a plug here? 
Well, from from today's draft, I think the goaltender they took in the second round, obviously that's that's um, you know you don't see goalies go uh, too high too often in the WHL. I think just one went in the first round today, and, and then the Oil Kings get Parker Snell in the second round. He's a, a St. Albert product, um, six feet tall. He's got good size, and he played at the Northern Alberta Extreme uh, Prep School this year. And interestingly enough for him, uh, through every game that he started this year, his team won oh. regular season playoffs and as a call up to the U17 team he did not lose he did not lose so um i, I thought that was a, a pretty unique and interesting storyline and you don't often see that especially through uh through minor hockey but uh, you know i think the the most uh, uh interesting one came from yesterday's u.s priority draft where uh the oil kings took noah tamu who's the son of ed tamu who was a former nfl draft pick offensive lineman so um the oil kings are excited about him and uh, you, if you're thinking well his dad's an offensive lineman this must be a pretty big kid yeah he's 14 years old he's six foot one 210 pounds so that tells you what you need to know and and, the, and he moves well which is the most exciting part so uh, uh the oil kings feel like they did really good with that third overall pick and now all of a sudden have two prospects whose dads were offensive linemen in professional football of course jake peel on the goaltender his dad jeff used to play for the calgary sam peters though so he was yeah he was pretty good uh, yeah, yeah rob Rob pointed that out on the face-off show yesterday because I mentioned the draft picks and I gave, sorry, is it Tamu? Is that his name? Tamu, yeah. Tamu, sorry. Uh, and I gave the size and Rob's like, Reed, you're not reading a 20-year-old size like you usually do in the NHL. And I was like, oh yeah, he's 14 or whatever he is. Yeah. Like, so yeah, that's amazing. Hey, before I let you go, is it tomorrow the league final starts? Give me a handicap that one for him. I'm not going to make you pick somebody necessarily, but, but handicap that final if you can. Yeah, it's going to be a good one, and it uh, it does start tomorrow night in Winnipeg. And uh, of note, the Winnipeg Ice, they're not playing at the Wayne Fleming Arena. They're playing uh, at Canada Life Centre, the big rink in Winnipeg, where the Winnipeg Jets play. So uh, uh, they'll be under the bright lights there. And it's, uh, I mean, we could have predicted this was going to be the league final, I think, back in November. It's the two best teams, maybe the two best teams in the entire CHL. Um, I haven't played, paid as closely attention to the OHL and Q this year as I did last year, but these are two deep, deep hockey teams. Uh, and I think if it comes down to goaltending, you're going to see an advantage with the Seattle Thunderbirds and Thomas Milich in net. He's been there before. He's been to the league final. He played extremely well in last year's league final. And I think he might be uh, the reason why Seattle this year gets over the hump when they take on the Winnipeg Ice. Okay. Andrew, thanks for this uh, update. Uh, it's it's always cool seeing the next generation of Oil Kings get picked. And uh, am I going to see you tomorrow night? Or are you going to go to the uh, to the watch party? TBA? I'll be there. Oh, good. Okay. Come up and say hi. Will do. That is Andrew Peart checking in, play-by-play voice for the uh, Edmonton Oil Kings on oilkings.ca. Love having him on the show. So, yeah, Joe Aginla, Jerome's son, taken in the first round, 12th overall by the Oil Kings in today's prospects draft. Good stuff there. Uh, 7804960063. We got a ton of messages. Uh, got a lot of phone calls on the suspension. I appreciate that. I, well, obviously, we're going to, if Stoff's got noon to three tomorrow, you know he's going to be fired up about it. Face off show at six, game uh, at eight, and then Rob and I will be on after the game. So I'm sure we'll still be talking about that uh, regardless of the outcome. Kelly Rudy's going to join us in a couple of minutes. As always, he's presented by Sentinel Storage. Shop Canadian, store Canadian. Head to sentinelstorage.ca. You're listening to Inside sports on chat inside sports with reed wilkins is brought to you by james h brown and associates alberta injury lawyers go to jameshbrown.com 
All right, so we do have overtime coming up. Devils and Hurricanes, it's 2-2. Kraken and Stars start shortly. It's in Dallas for that one. That series is tied 2-2. Oilers tomorrow, Petrangelo, one-game suspension. Nurse also suspended for the game. 6 o'clock face-off show, puck drop at 8 here on 6.30. Chad, he joins us every week for Sentinel Storage. Shop Canadian, store Canadian, head to sentinelstorage.ca. It's Kelly Rudy. Kelly, how are you doing? I'm doing really well. Reading yourself? Well, I'm doing very well. Lot to talk about. Let's, oh, start, yeah. <laughs> let's start with the game itself because I, I thought that before we get to the extracurricular stuff, I thought that was a very, very thorough effort by the Edmonton Oilers. And one that I expected. I think you're probably in the same boat, Reed, you know, considering uh, they had a down effort to, in game three. But we've seen this team rebound so many times, right? It's it's not the way that you uh, you draw it up. But we do know that uh, they certainly have the, uh, the character uh, to get through those situations where they don't perform as well as they'd like. And then they always rebound in the next game. So it's a it's a, been a really fun uh, run to watch them the last two playoffs because of that uh, the way in which they they put any negative behind them r really quickly and and that's a sign of a great team all right so now they'll try to make it two wins in a row they're going to have to do that at some point in this series to win it and uh, a lot happened late in that game let's start with the Petrangelo slash your your thoughts when you saw that and if Kelly Rudy is the guy in charge of discipline. What is what is he doing today? Well, the optics are just bad. It just looks bad, right? So uh, for me, uh, it was malicious. Uh, it, I kind of understand it. I'll get to my point in a sec. But the, the background story is important. Now, he totally felt that he's been a target the entire series. Uh, uh, Louis and Harnerein did a nice job. Uh, showing all the times uh, during the series in which he uh, he had been hit. Uh, maybe he felt even attacked at times. Uh, it doesn't make it right what he did uh, in retaliation, but that is the backstory, and that's the context of uh, why this happened. Now I'll say uh, if I were uh, in charge of discipline, I would have to say I would be in around three games because it was uh, so late. Uh, had he slashed Dreisaitl with the same uh, veracity on the shin pad, I probably wouldn't do anything. Maybe one game, but maybe. But because of where he struck Dreisaitl, that can't be uh, forgotten. That has to be a major part of the, the discipline. Uh, I, I liken it to bunting in the first round when he uh, went after Chernak and bunting was suspended three games. So that's kind of where I'm at. Uh, I'm really curious actually to see what's gonna happen and what uh, the league will do. I don't think one game is enough, but I could live with two if that's what they do. Yeah, it's interesting to hear you say that. And as you know, I work with Rob Brown, who often isn't happy with decisions made by the Department of Player Safety, uh, who, you know, Brownie often thinks that there should be harsher punishment. I mean, he was talking last night about the Everly hit on Cogliano that literally broke Cogliano's neck. I mean, if you want right. to actually say what the injury was, right? So I, I get why it's it's confusing to fans and quite frankly, even to ex players sometimes like you and Ron. Oh, 100%. I'm, I'm usually wrong 100% of the time. So, uh, that's, you know, 
that's just the nature of that uh, job description. Uh, and I wouldn't want that job. Uh, I, I find sometimes even I get a little bit too emotional when I'm, you know, trying to decide what the call should be, what the discipline should be. And, you know, they do such a thorough job, but it is confusing to all of us. Okay. Darnell Nurse isn't going to play tomorrow. Now his is a by-the-book suspension, if you want to put it that way. He took an instigator penalty in the last five minutes of a game. The NHL could have rescinded it. They did not. He talked today and said, I don't think that's why the instigator rule is in the book, to paraphrase. And he also said, Haig wanted to fight me for the last two periods of the game. So so, so we yeah. did it. Um, you're, you're, I mean, I guess th it's kind of a twofold question for you. There's the small picture of that incident, and then there's the bigger picture of what is the instigator penalty there for? Yeah, uh, I would not, I would have rescinded it. I would not have suspended Nurse for a game. Uh, but I understand the reason why they did, and it's in the rule book and, and so on. I understand what they're trying to eliminate from the game of hockey. And uh, we don't want the game to be like the 70s and 80s when whenever the score was uh, out of control, then it just turned into what it did last night. I understand all that. I was a part of all that back in the day. But for me, there, there can be certain exceptions. And I thought last night was one of those situations. Uh, well, and I think you're probably preaching to the choir, you know, in Edmonton. <laughs> Yeah. radio station which 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 is which is fine and i, and I mean like, like i heard louis commentary too and he said he basically said well now they got it out of their system right i mean sometimes it's almost right. better to just let the guys fight well and there's history as darnell said right and so you know does it make a difference if there's eight minutes left in the game or or like last night and you know i just think that it, it had been brewing for a little bit. Let the guys take the matters in their own hand and then and then move on. Okay, let me throw this one at you. Who's a bigger loss, Petrangelo or Nurse, to his team's lineup? Oh, wow. Well, that's a really difficult one. I'm going to say they're both incredibly important, but Petrangelo to me is uh, – He's an overall better player and I think more important to that leadership group. I'll never forget this year uh, after the first game that uh, Vegas played uh, versus Winnipeg and Winnipeg won in Vegas, of course, and there was all sorts of criticism leveled towards Jack Eichel and Petra Angelo put a stop to that the very next day. And he, he said everybody uh, – was bad, but he went to great lengths to defend uh, Jack Eichel. Not that Nurse wouldn't do that for his own teammates, I understand that, but there's a, a different level uh, with Petrangelo, in my opinion. Kelly Rudy joining us on Inside Sports. Okay, just a couple quick ones on other series. Leafs stay alive to take it back home. Obviously, they're still in a, in a tough spot. What do they have to do to win game five and take it back to Florida? Well, that was the most committed they've been to a defensive game uh, the entire season. And so they're going to have to string three more of those together uh, to get past Florida. And that, that was clearly evident 
Uh, I'm not taking anything away from Joseph Wall, but he didn't face one grade A chance, in my opinion, uh, or except maybe the goal that went in. And so that's that's exactly what the Leafs have to do. Now they've now they've played that way. They understand it. They recognize it. So the Leafs have to make sure that they continue to do that because Florida is going to have a much better game. I we were talking uh, last night behind the scenes uh, how. Even in the second period, we didn't think that Florida looked all that great. They just didn't have that urgency. They looked maybe a little bit uptight. Um, and and so we're going to see a different team tomorrow night. All right. And it, Seattle's been incredible to watch. 2-2 series with Dallas. Um, can the Kraken keep going? I, I mean, maybe they keep getting counted out and they keep saying, sorry, we're not done. Yeah, isn't that the truth? I covered them, I think, two or three times live this year, and they're an entirely different team than they were their first year, even though they made some roster changes, but not not wholesale changes. They just completely played an up-tempo game, much faster in everything, harder to play against. Um, the only thing in this series that I'm curious about, now that I understand both teams really well, it's going to be whichever team gets the better goaltending and uh grubauer is amazing in the first round versus colorado ottinger is an amazing goaltender but they both not perform to the level that they need to in this series they it's just a mixed bag one guy has a great game and then the other guy has a a great game and it's just back and forth and so they've got to stop the bleeding in the net kelly we really appreciate it tons to talk about it's been great we will do this again next week my friend you got it. Thanks, Reed. Have a great uh, night and a great weekend after the uh, Oilers game.